0: Well, you know, if we start off with ACDC, I'm hosting all by myself today. Is Drew Amanda on the Green Zone for the next four hours? Jamie's away for the next few days, so it's just us gang. So lots of things get to continue when I get to host, which is it's a much better show. Number two is one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Mean text returns your critiques of the program when I host. And we've got outstanding guests as usual. Lots to talk about on the program today. Uh, One thing I have to get to because I've been told to by Scotty, our producer extraordinaire. uh, Yesterday, we had our draft. Jamie and I, Daryl Davis, Scotty, producer Scott, and me picking the best Saskatchewan-born NHL team. Team was three forwards, two defense, one goaltender. Go to at SK, all capitals, on X, formerly Twitter. Do we have to keep saying that, Scotty? Do we have to keep saying formerly Twitter? The guy paid $44 $44 billion for it. We can't just say X. I think he, but anyway, go to X and vote for Saskatchewan Hockey All-Star Teams. We will reveal the winner tomorrow. Which team you think would be the best team? Uh, they're all very good teams because we all have very good players come out of Saskatchewan, the NHL. So you can vote on that on X at Green Zone SK, all capitals. So get to that if you have some time and are so inclined. And you can also, if you want, post some of your players that you. Would have picked instead of us. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 8255 Lots to get to in the show today. We got a ton of guests. Sal Capaccio is going to join us from WGR550 Sports Talk Radio in Buffalo. Buffalo's been been having it, man. You gotta hand it. We we talk about Saskatchewan people in winters. Buffalo's been getting hammered. And they were hammered again yesterday. Game between the Blackhawks and the Sabres, who's think it Blackhawks and Sabres, um, canceled yesterday. Postponed. It's going to be played today. But they just keep getting snow. They just keep getting hammered and hammered and hammered. So we're going to talk to Sal about that and what that snow and what that temperature and how the environment, the weather, will affect the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills on Sunday in Buffalo at Orchard Park. Tom from the sport market, as he usually does on Thursday, he joins us at 3.35. Football at 4 with Britton Gray. It would be interesting to talk to Britton Gray today because of the news that Jerry Jones, owner, general manager, big boss in Dallas with the Dallas Cowboys, has decided to keep Mike McCarthy. And we're going to talk about that with Britton. We'll also talk about that with you. Uh, dropping the gloves, Nick Olchek. Now, no, I said Nick, not Ed. Ed Olchek is Nick's father. Nick is a broadcaster in his own right and a very, very good one. With the Seattle Kraken, they are playing the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Seattle have been on a big time roll, lost the last two games, but they look like they're getting back into the conversation when it comes to a playoff berth. And we'll talk to Nick about the Kraken and their big meeting or their big uh, match today against the Edmonton Oilers. And then at 5.05, George Dunham, 96.7 FM, the ticket in Dallas. Yeah, we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy a little bit more in the Dallas Cowboys, and where do they go from here? And Why didn't they go after Belichick, and what is Jerry Jones thinking, and is there the right move for the Cowboys? And Matthew Savoy is going to wrap things up, 5.35 from the Moose Jaw Warriors. He was in Wenatchee, uh, represented the World Juniors, or the Canada candidate at the World Juniors, heck of a player. Uh, Buffalo drafted him. A couple of years ago, played his first game in the National Hockey League. This year, he played one game and one game only. And we're going to talk to Matthew about going to a team and a division in a uh, league that looks like there's got a few teams loading up, especially in Saskatchewan, for a big run in the CHL playoffs. So lots to get to, but also, as you know, I love it when you participate in the program because the program is nothing without you. One eight seven seven three three two 8255 that is the number and of course as i mentioned the mean texts all all (laughs) well that's quick will be aired it's almost like an airing of the grievances but uh sometimes a compliment wouldn't hurt you um here's the first one at least when drew runs the show there'll be more to talk about in other sports instead of just football for four hours yeah but we're going to talk football because it is the nfl playoffs but definitely got some hockey stuff in there for you and a few other things i'm interested in your in your take on so let's get at it we'll start with football mike mccarthy is back with the dallas cowboys jerry jones did not fire him jerry jones Kept him on. Jerry Jones is, this is not unusual for Mr. Jones and his family and the way he runs the organization. With the exception of Chan Gailey, Jerry Jones stays with people. He believes in them. Now, Mike McCarthy has had one playoff win in three seasons, maybe four. But three times he's been in the playoffs, he's had one playoff win. But he has had back-to-back-to-back 12-win seasons. And after they lost to the Packers, and the way they lost to the Packers, everybody thought Mike McCarthy is gone. He's got to be gone. you got Belichick out there. you got Harbaugh out there. You can go with Pete Carroll if you want it. You've got some good young coaches out there. Why not do it now? This is a team that's supposedly built for winning now. And Jerry Jones went, nope. We're keeping him because he is the winningest coach in the regular season in franchise history, percentage-wise. Everybody said, wait a second, it's the playoffs that matter. Well, you can't have one without the other. You can't get to the playoffs unless you win in the regular season. And Mike McCarthy has done that. Guys are having career years under him. And Dak Prescott has been in the MVP conversation for two of the last three seasons anyway but he didn't have a very good game. In fact, the entire team didn't have a very good game. Mike McCarthy has been criticized for his in-game management in big games, not having his team prepared for the big games. But as I said yesterday, Jamie, and I talked to Justin Blackwell in Saskatchewan afternoons today, that as far as coaching goes, and I had the great fortune of, 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 you know, being around some great coaches in my life and also, um, when I was assistant coach with with uh, the sharks, we got to tour the forty nine ers facility and talk to the coaches way back then and talking to the coaches, they come to games too, which is really cool. football players love hockey the the scheme of your team, the systems, the schematics, etc. they're in place by the time you reach the playoffs. There are some adjustments you do, some small ones regarding coverage, regarding your linebackers, regarding blitzing packages, things like that. But overall, how you play is, is going to be how you play as far as your X's and O's go. So when people say you got to have them prepared for the playoffs, I, I ask for clarification in that. Is it prepared mentally as far as the way your team's supposed to play and what you're supposed to do on every set set and downs as in you run this pattern or x's and o's et etc or is it emotionally you have to get them ready to play and i would argue that by that time if you're a coach trying to get them involved emotionally <clears throat> excuse me you haven't done your job till then and it's up to the players to take over emotionally if you're not ready and up for your for your game in the playoffs, then what are you doing? You're not in the right business. And I've, I've said before, it's more than about the guy standing on the sidelines. It's more than about the guy behind the bench. It can't be about those guys. It has to be about the players. It has to be about your, your individual ability and character and makeup to get ready to play. So I don't put that loss all on coaches. On the other hand, Nick Sirianni from the Philadelphia Eagles who went to the Super Bowl last year and were within minutes of winning it and has had been in the playoffs for three straight seasons. He is another guy that's been targeted after their loss and their ouster from the playoffs. Now, that team lost six of their last seven games, including the playoffs. But today, the the news is it looks like they are inclined to be keeping Nick Sirianni as well. The players stepped up today, many of them, to talk about Nick Sirianni and defending their coach. Tomorrow, the news is is that Nick Sirianni will meet with the owner Jeff Lurie, who is not known to be a patient guy with his coaches. But it looks like that meeting will decide his future as a head coach in the National Football League this season. But that team looked very different from a ten and one start to a a season where they finished eleven and was eleven six no. I mean, they, they lost in in the playoffs, and they're out in the first game. And so what do you do with that team? Do you keep Nick Sirianni? Things have to change, or do you run it back one more time? One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five 332 8255 is the phone number. Another thing I want to talk about, and we have to be careful how we talk about it, and it's, we're going to talk a lot more tomorrow because Aaron Bronstetter is going to join us On the program, we're going to talk about the big UFC 297 in Toronto. But the main matchup between Sean Strickland and um, Duplassé is going to be crazy good. It's going to be a great fight. But Sean Strickland is already fighting up on the press conferences. He had quite the... Um, conversation, and I put quotation marks on that, with a reporter from Canada. Uh, He's now all over the news being blasted as uh, homophobic, misogynistic, um, transphobic, you name it, and anti-Justin Trudeau for sure. But the conversation we're going to have today, if we get the chance to get to it, is how much do you want to hear from athletes about what they feel about certain social or society issues and how much do you want your reporters to ask these athletes these questions or do you just want it to stick to sports all that coming up on the green zone thanks for joining us you are listening to 650 ckom 980 cjme one that is the phone number and the text line you're already on the text line thank you very much for that how about uh this one for our mean texts oh yay it's walmart gormley hosting today what a fun afternoon it's going to be not you actually threw a knot in there Are you okay uh, you're so boring. I'd rather watch paint dry. Almost like your text. 1-877-332-8255. Well, today just went to hell in a handbasket again. You know who, big boy? That is my good friend Terry from Buffalo Pound. One eight seven seven three three two. Sheldon jumping in. Wow, twelve minutes in, my ears are already bleeding. So we're off to a fine start today. Absolutely love it. Angry Penguins fan <laughs> was the one who sent in the Walmart Gormley thing. So you're being angry. Your, your team's going to be okay. Trust me on that one. You still got said. So one 332 8255 is the phone number. Anything you want to talk about, we love to talk about it here, especially when you text it in. By the way, we're going to talk some football coming up next. But first, let's go to a guy who we always talk football with, the Great Britain Gray. One-minute drill red
1: wagon
0: And the the Welcome back to the program. Jamie Nye is away today. It is the green zone. Always great to have you. Jamie is uh taking in on the Seattle Kraken Edmonton Oilers game tonight. Seeing if the Oilers can continue with their t- their winning streak, uh, but we're talking football right now. It is the Green Zone one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Great to have Sal Capaccio on with us. He is the, the host of the Extra Point on WGR five fifty Sports Talk Radio in Buffalo. And Sal, I was just in Buffalo on uh, Sunday, Monday. Uh, how are you guys doing it, man? What is what's going on with Buffalo?
1: Uh, I mean, uh, listen, we got a lot of snow here, and you know it's uh, tough to navigate sometimes. But it's nothing we're not used to. It just kind of sunk with last week with the game being, you know, moved obviously. But you know, here we are, and you know, we get through it. That's what we do.
0: It was amazing. I was, uh, I was in the Tim Hortons at the hotel, and a sheriff uh, officer came in, and I turned and looked at him and said how's your days been going lately? And he said, well, I worked 18 hours yesterday, 12 hours today, and I'm going to go do the Sabres game, which was, which is what I was doing. I'm um, going to go do the Sabres game and, uh, and do work security there. I said, you're not going to Archer Park. He goes, no, no, I'm staying away from that place right now. Cause it's going to be really tough.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, uh, there, there's, um, there's certain areas It depends on where you are. You could be five, three, two miles from where a ton of snow is and get nothing. Like in my house, Most of the time here in the city where I live, we don't get as much. I mean, they're actually snowing pretty good right now. But honestly, if I drive three, four miles south, it's just basically blizzard conditions and you can't drive anywhere.
0: That's amazing. Sal Capaccio from WGR 550 Sports Talk in Buffalo joins us. So will the weather be another factor Sunday versus the Chiefs?
1: No. Um, The snow will be gone by then and it will be about mid-20s, still so pretty cold, not not overly cold. Yeah. Um, the sun will be shining out a little bit. I think, guys, if you remember watching the game against the Steelers Monday, you're going to see pretty much the same kind of aesthetic view. I think that's what it's going to look like on the field, which wasn't anything. It'll be a little challenge maybe for parking, getting some of the snow cleared for people coming in, but um, that should be about it.
0: With the Buffalo Bills, um, they've it was an in- interesting season to say the least, right? And especially the way that you know, Josh Allen with turnovers, et cetera. But this see that's this team and the game against the Steelers, they really had it locked down in pretty much every aspect of their game. What have you noticed with your team after following them as closely as you do and having that insight?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, it's been an interesting season up and down. Josh Allen has had some turnovers. He also led the league in touchdowns, right? I mean, like, right. so, you, you know, you get, you get the good and the bad a lot of times, but, you know, I, I would say he's been their best player, has been their MVP. Uh, you take you take some of those turnovers, otherwise you're not going to get the greatness that makes Josh. And we saw the greatness on display, you know, last Monday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the 52 yard run, obviously how he was in control of the passing game uh, from the get go, and the Bills were in control of that game. Uh, the yep. Steelers did make it a one a one score game, but they never had it within one score in the ball. Bills went down and scored, but a lot of that was too because of the injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the Bills, they had to really piece it together. So you know they. I think Sean McDermott's done a really excellent job to you know, figure out the defensive side of the ball with all the injuries they've gone through this year. They've really been the backbone of this team over this last six, seven weeks when they've gone on this run.
0: So Patrick Mahomes coming in, playing his first playoff game besides the Super Bowl in, uh, outside the confines of Arrowhead, Arrowhead Stadium. What will that be? What do you think it'll be like for Patrick Mahomes? He's great. We all know that. But how does this turn into advantage for Buffalo?
1: Well, listen, I mean, you're coming into a really hostile environment. Yeah. Highmark Stadium is one of the loudest, <laughs> if not the loudest, um, stadiums in the NFL. I've been to Arrowhead many times, obviously, as a radio network sideline reporter, and I can tell you the stadiums are very similar. They were constructed the same way. They were constructed right around the same year. Uh, it's very enclosed. The noise is incredible. It makes it very tough on the opposing team to communicate. This is at Arrowhead now, and the same thing's going to happen at Highmark, which is like if Josh Allen, for example, at Arrowhead – has to check from a pass to a run. It's hard to do that. It's hard for his guys to hear him. Um, it's hard to get the signals in from the coaching staff into his own helmet. And then you get out of the huddle late. All those things matter. Um, that's going to matter to the Kansas City Chiefs coming into Arrowhead. And I don't think they've ever, you know, Mahomes has not experienced this kind of the level of noise. I did go back and look in 2018, his rookie year, his second year actually, his first year starting, he did play at Seattle. He had a really nice game. and That's a very loud environment. But, you know, in a playoff game in Buffalo, with all the history these two teams have, it's going to be, the loudest, I think, that they've experienced. I'm interested to see how Mahomes and, and their offense handle
0: that. I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch this game, and, and I think you're right. I mean the noise, the noise level in uh, at Orchard Park is is crazy. the The situation with the Buffalo Bills, what will be different this besides the environment, besides the weather, besides the <coughs> the, the way that the the Bills have been able to get their season going in the right direction, seem to be to me to be hitting hitting their peak at the right time what needs to be different to to defeat the chiefs
1: different than when different than the, 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 cause the last, they beat him, uh, they beat them you know in back in uh, you know about, right. what, six weeks ago so different than what
0: in the playoffs sorry uh, i get, um, like, I would yeah i would say
1: i would say what what has to be different is maybe just being able to and i think they might be able to do this is run the ball a little bit better outside of Josh Allen, right? I mean, like, we've seen Josh Allen run even in the playoff game when they went down there. You know, there were several times where he took off. But, um, you know, Josh, you remember that that crazy game went back and forth to those lost with 13 seconds left. That was really yeah. leaning on Josh's arm the whole game. Uh, they can run the ball a little better now outside of him. James Cook's had an excellent year. Um, he's over a 1,000 yards. And, honestly, like, the Chiefs have been a little leaky on their run defense at times this year. So it hasn't been, you know, like they're horrible against it at all. But there are opportunities sometimes to run against the Chiefs. And, again, I'll go back to when you have the home home crowd environment, they'll be quiet when the Bills run offense. That'll make it a little bit easier on Josh to check, make some checks at the line. If you see something, they can check out of things. They can change the play. And I think that will obviously help. And I think running the ball outside of Josh needs to be a little different, and they have that opportunity.
0: Sal Capaccio joining us from WGR, WGR 550 Sports Talk Radio in Buffalo. Every time we talk about the Buffalo Bills um, anywhere, we also talk about the, the Mafia, the Buffalo Mafia. In Saskatchewan, where who you're talking to now, we have a Canadian football team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who pride themselves on having a rabid, passionate fan base. But tell me about this Bills fan base. Does it ever stop surprising you about the passion that the Buffalo fans have for the Bills?
1: No, never. And you know, I mean, they go through <laughs> 17 years of no playoffs, and they're still showing up and selling out the stadium throughout that entire time. And now, and and you know, that's when during at that time when the Bills weren't that good, and they were still selling out the stadium, people were going because of the the camaraderie and the atmosphere to be around it. Yeah, they were supporting their Bills, but it was really still a, a weekend and a Sunday happening. And I think that's when you got a lot of the the, the crazy stuff that was happening and the viral videos and smartphones because people there were there. Yeah, to watch a football game, but really it was about a lot of the other stuff that was going on with it. And, you know, then you started to see all that stuff. Now you have a really good football team and people are going every week and, you know, watching this team very intently, it's the largest season ticket base we've ever had here in Buffalo. There's a new stadium going in across the street right now being built. Um That's going to be open in 2026. There's a lot of excitement like that. And then on top of everything, you know, I think Bill's Mafia, people associate with the, the, the crazy table jumping and people doing lots of weird right. things, but, you know, I think what needs to be said is, you know, Bill's Mafia is a is a is a, a term that was coined by some friends of mine, Del Reed at Twenty Six Shirts, um, and Brian Harris, Leslie Wiley. They were the three people who founded it, and through their efforts, what's happened now is Bill's Mafia has become really synonymous with generous donations around the country to great causes. And Del Reed started his company Twenty Six Shirts. It's a new shirt every two weeks for twenty six, you know, different times in the year. And the shirts and the proceeds go towards families in need and people, uh, children with cancer and things like that. And I think that's been what really is what Bill's Mafia is all about is 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 helping. We are called the City of Good Neighbors, and you know I think yeah. that that shows up in in, in the term Bill's Mafia.
0: Oh, well, geez, I'm looking at it right now. There are some very cool shirts on on twenty six shirts dot com, and some cup, yeah, and some very very cool stuff. Very nice Mafia for life shirts and that's outstanding but buffalo is a great sports town i i, I work in the nhl so uh, we were just there with the san jose sharks against the sabers and even in a day that wasn't very nice and the and the weather you know and and um the game was on they still put a lot of people into that building to watch the sabers who are a team that that has not made the playoffs in a while a team i thought was going mm-hmm. to be on a sell. i thought they were going to make a jump this year i really did so well, we all this it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's a very talented team. But they this Buffalo is a great sports town, is it not? That's
1: incredible. You know, I tell yeah. people all the time, you know, we're not we're not in New York, Chicago, L.A., where there's always these other things to do. Yeah, we have other things. We have a great theater scene here. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of places to go and do different things, and you can go from, you know, uh, skiing in the winter and having plenty of opportunities to kayaking in the summer. We get all the seasons here, right? But when it comes time for Buffalo Bills season and Buffalo Sabres season, um, You know, our city shows up like like no other city to support these teams and these franchises, and it's been a long time for the Sabres since they've been in the playoffs. We talk about a drought, it's been since 2010-11, right? So now we're right. working on 13 years here. <laughs> and, you know, the ownership is Terry and Kim Pagula own both teams, the Sabres and Bills, and, you know, they they inherited the longest playoff drought and continued on for a few years with the Bills, but got it figured out, and, you know, here we are with the Bills, and I think that people are just waiting on that to happen to the Sabres. We thought it might happen this year. I thought it might happen this year. It hasn't speaking of the weather, had a game last night against the Blackhawks, postponed to today. It's going to be tonight, downtown at the arena. Um, Yeah, we get it. We still, you'll look at the arena and see like, oh my gosh, there should be far more people there. And I agree a lot of times, but then you'll get some nights where it's completely packed and when they get on a run and you'll see that. Unfortunately, too, because we are so close to Canada and so many Canadian hockey fans come down here because the ticket prices might be high. You can't get in Toronto or Montreal or things like that. They come down here and when they Sabers play Toronto, when they play Boston, teams like that, there's too many of those fans here too, you know. And I say that because <laughs> it's our economy. I promise you. But we look forward to the day where when those teams are here and Sabers fans make sure that they're dominating the building, <laughs> you know, from top to bottom.
0: Yeah, they can't get a ticket because there's too many Sabers yeah. fans in there. At all. But it's a. But again, it is a great environment when you get to go into into Buffalo. Um, lastly, when when we look at this game and, and moving forward. Um, you talked about the, the running game of Allen and maybe be able to move more and, and might be a difference maker. Is there anything that particularly from a from a Bills point of view and a guy who's got the insight about the Bills, is there one area you're concerned about?
1: Yeah, it's the injuries, especially at the second level yeah, of the well, yeah. I mean the Bills are without, you know, six players today that are injured. Um actually seven counting Stefan Diggs, but it's more of a vet rest day but so he'll be fine. But um, Taron Johnson's in concussion protocol, but he is limited, and hopefully he'll progress through. But you think about the two linebackers, Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dodson missed last game. Terrell Bernard got hurt. Bill Inspector came in. He got hurt. Uh, You think about cornerback Christian Benford. uh, He got hurt last game. He was already filling in for Russell Douglas, who missed the game. You know, if the Bills can't get a majority of these guys back, I I fear that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and their offense will just target the uh, middle of the field and the second level of the defense, and it'll be really, really tough for the Bills to stop. That would be my biggest concern.
0: Sal, thanks very much for coming on the program. I appreciate it. Next time the San Jose Sharks are in town, I hope that I get to meet you at a Sabres game one of these days. <laughs>
1: you got it. man. They were, they were here recently, and uh, yeah, we were in took Sunday. Care yeah, of business with them. Yeah, Sabres took care they're, of business with them, and you know, hopefully, people are hoping that was a springboard to maybe getting some wins here to get back in this thing.
0: I like their team, man. I really do. I think they're talented. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Sal. Oh, you got it. Thanks. Sal Capaccio, WGR 550 Sports Talk Radio in Buffalo, getting you updated and ready for the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Weather's not going to be that much of a factor. We're just going to say it's still going to be chilly, but it shouldn't be that much of an effect on the game. We'll be back on the green zone 650 CKOM, 980 CJME. Is this
1: a thing, this is...
0: Time for this day in sports. 1958, Willie O'Ree made his NHL debut with the Boston Bruins. He was the first black player to enter the National Hockey League and play for a team. In 1976, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Dallas Cowboys in the duel in the desert 21 17 in Super Bowl X. The CBS telecast was viewed by an estimated 80 million people and it was the first time that the trophy the super bowl trophy was awarded to the team out on the field it used to be done inside the dressing room after the game that was first time it was on the field and two nhl records held by bobby hull in 2002 were broken in a game between the detroit red wings and the washington capitals luke robitaille scored his 611th goal and brett hull his son Scored his 99th game-winning goal. robotized goal gave him the most goals of any left wing in NHL history and 10th place on career NHL goal list. And Brett's goal moved him into third place on the game-winning goal list. One of these days we're going to have to talk about that trade, but uh, Brett Hull getting traded out of Calgary. Well, it's not for now, though. We'll talk things later. But I do want to talk hockey when we come back. But first, let's get to the one-minute drill.